Welcome to Across the Rail Podcast, Methodist layman dishing hot takes on current events, church stuff, and cultural issues. Our episode today discusses pandemic and panic and what the church's role and response should be to this situation. Warning, we're not the men in the black from the pulpit, but from the pews across the rail. Our episode today is entitled Pandemic or Panic. So uh, we are recording this episode in a very empty church on Sunday morning at about 1047 Eastern Time. Uh, The reason it's an empty church is our bishop has given a directive for the whole conference to uh, not schedule services today and uh, also next Sunday uh, because of this, uh, the the COVID-19 virus. So it's kind of a little eerie being in church with nobody but us knuckleheads here on on a Sunday morning. So uh, uh, right now we're going to go ahead and uh, have the roll call here. So who's here today? Jody's here. Ryan. John's here. And I'm Greg. So I guess our first item for discussion in this very, very odd uh, Sunday morning is the COVID-19 virus. Would you consider it more of a pandemic or panic? Ryan, what you got, buddy? Well, to me, it's both. I can't say it's more one than the other. Um, I think there's a health. Obviously, it meets the definition for a pandemic. Uh, it is affecting multiple countries. It's in vast numbers. Um, it, it is a pandemic. Now, is it being met appropriately with the level of panic? It should be. Probably not. I, I do believe we are kind of over panicking at the moment. Um, but with that being said, yes, it, it, it is a pandemic and it is a panic, both. So, I mean, it's, a, it's up in the air on that. That's so. a good 50-50 answer. Right? Well, I mean, that, that's a, I gave you a political politician <laughs> type answer. How there, much buddy. over, okay, so what <laughs> percentage over correct, good yes. caution do you think we've gone? And, and why do you say it's a way it's a panic? We well, okay. The things that we should do anyway that should be common sense are having to be reinforced and reinforced and reinforced, such as the washing of hands, the use I'm of hand sanitizer. Floored that people think washing hands is a is something brand new. It is not a new concept. <laughs> it Lord. is not a new concept. Uh, wow. You know, we're Watch going we're going overboard in that sense. Uh, people okay. are going, I, I don't know if any of y'all have been to the store lately. Uh, <laughs> pure yeah. insanity. Well, I have, I have set up a website selling a black market toilet <laughs> I paper. I figured as much. Yeah. You're selling that John Wayne paper too, <laughs> yeah. probably, aren't you? Uh, We're taking two planes, just splitting it. Two. That's right. Yeah. We're going to make it last. No, it, it's insane. The, the, the response has been met with more panic than it should. Coming from a retail world on mm-hmm. here, uh, it, it absolutely, it, it's really not a surprise. This is no different than uh, than uh, the one inch of snow coming to the ground and people running out. Oh, buying, but it is. Buying enough groceries to last uh, six months on there, but it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I, if, if you ask me that question, it is an absolute. And I am asking you that question. It is an absolute panic. Okay. There. If you look statistically at uh, diseases that have caused death throughout on there, yes, it, it, this is a problem. Is this a major problem? No, it's not a major problem. Have we handled it in a timely, correct manner? 
yes, we did a lot of the right moves in, in advance. And that's probably because we're a, a very civilized nation uh, with a, a very good health uh, health system in place on there. So, you know, why, why all of a sudden colleges are closing, uh, schools are closing, people are, uh, are no longer allowed to go to work. They got to work from home. You know, we're putting these stimulus packages worth of hundreds of billions of dollars for loss of income. Let's be honest with you. You had more deaths in, uh, in, uh, 2017, 2018. From what? From um, from the flu, just okay. just here in the United States, generic, influenza uh, flu. flu. Like, you know, but you got to keep all things in perspective. There first of all, this, give us some perspective. Well, there. first of all, we're still early on in this situation. They, they've come out and they've come out and said that this thing's going to have a, a life of about. It's going to reach its top of its bell curve within two months. You know what? Where do you get your information? If you go to the CDC and the World Health Organization, yes, this does define, this is defined as a pandemic. And they're also saying if we don't do something right now to flatten the pandemic's curve by staying home, by isolation, no, this thing could go into the summer. You're, uh, there's a lot of speculation that this is like the common flu and it dies out during warmer weather. There's no guarantees that's going to play out. There is a reason why they're reacting the way that they are reacting. Does anybody have a good definition of pandemic? The CDC defines a pandemic as an epidemic that has spread over several countries or continents, usually affecting a large number of people. So... Okay, it is rightfully called a pandemic. Oh, okay, all right, John. Let's yeah. let's uh, let, let's talk about a, another issue that would be that would fall under the uh, the, the premise of a pandemic. Uh, what about the AIDS uh, the AIDS thing? That's over several countries. It affects thousands of people. Why did it take ten years to get a, a, a treatment set up for that? Let me ask you did something. Did they Greg? close? Did they close? Uh, 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 stores? Did they close buildings? Did they close sporting I'll tell events? you why. The method it, of transmission. Yes. At the time, they didn't know how it was transferred. Yeah, they had a pretty good idea. They, they at, in the very beginning, they sure did not know how it was transferred on uh -huh. there. You remember the scare? Oh, don't touch people because you can get AIDS on there. Do you think they closed anything? I remember anything debating that? if mosquitoes would give you AIDS, but the point is, the mode of trans... Uh, the mode of transmission yeah. was... Totally different. Intimate, yeah, intimate and personal, concept. and it was a, yeah, we, we won't go into there for a politeness of rate of uh, podcasting, but but yeah, that was the same thing. Uh, Jody, let me ask you a question. So in this pandemic, your definition using it, uh, as you read it, is that, is there any, in your opinion, is there any panic that has gone above or beyond the pale that we need to go? Yes. Okay. The, the instance of the toilet paper. Need I say more? You know, uh, John, you alluded to, well, we have a, a meteorological event, and then people go up and they buy all the bread and milk. Well, my frame of mind is, I think I'd be buying, there's plenty of milk and bread on the shelves right now, but what's missing is toilet paper and hand sanitizer. There is definitely overreaction here, but the call to keep large groups dispersed at this point, I think, is a wise call. Let me ask you this. I think limiting travel is, it, is wise. Absolutely. Is it an over panic or is it just a misplaced panic of us going overboard on a certain place? Are we just misplacing where we should be? 
otherwise doing something? You know, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you right now, never in my foggiest thoughts did I think, oh my God, I'm going to have to go out and buy toilet paper. Does, just never does the COVID-19, does it cause severe diarrhea? I mean, is there a reason that you would use toilet paper in a As far as I know, larger it's, it's more respiratory-based, but I do know So why a couple why of weeks the, ago they were actually talking why the butt about wipe, fecal what, material what? could be an issue, so I don't know. Uh, you're, you're, you're reading too much WebMD. I, I, I know <laughs> I've had the flu multiple times. Is that was CDC, brother? I've never had, uh, yeah, I've never had... Uh, Greater use of toilet paper yeah. over, over the time, but that's just me. Well, I tell you what, I I I, I think of myself as technical, and I kind of like to uh, deal with reality and facts and figures. So, uh, I, I did a very quick survey, little little Google foo here, and uh, of of pandemics in the past, recent past, within a hundred years. And obviously John alluded to the first one, the Spanish flu of 1918, 1919. 500 million people uh, were infected in a, in a year worldwide. Uh, that's when we had much less of a population. It was also at the end of World War One, and there were 50 million deaths worldwide. It affected uh, most people. It affected a younger demographic, 20 to 40 years of age, and there were 675,000 deaths in the United States. Now, this is critical because we only had about 100,000 or more deaths in World War One, And I mean, 675, that's more than they had in the American Civil War where both sides, mm -hmm. Americans, were dying. So this was really a big deal. And it's interesting to look back. They did the same thing with quarantining, with canceling church services, with, with uh, uh, telling people to stay home and don't go around. Now let's look to the seasonal flu. There's a billion people worldwide get the flu every year. Yep. And 300 to 600,000 world deaths, it typically hits older adults, okay? Kind of like the, uh, the, the COVID-19. The H1N1, the good old pig flu, in 2009, there were 60.8 million cases worldwide, and there were only, yet there were only 12,469,000 deaths in the U.S. Now, that's a lot, but that was, again, a, a younger demographic. So let's go COVID-19, and this is, this is as of March 12th. We have only 127,000 cases worldwide versus the swine flu. We had 60.8 million, a much greater pandemic. And in, in the, of the 127,000 cases worldwide, and again, this is as of the 12th of March, we've only had 4,700 people die. In the world. Okay, here's the... Here's in the world, and we've only had 37 deaths in the United States. So there's the numbers. Go, John. I was going to say the, the, updated, the updated corona numbers right now. In, in the U.S., we have 3,050 reported uh, coronavirus infections with 60 deaths on here. Uh, if, if, I'm, if I'm reading this right on here, uh, in uh, the, flu, uh, the flu pandemic in 57 on there... Uh, where was I reading that? Where it said it it took like two point five percent of the population. One 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 uh, one to I'm four. I'm not familiar. Million. I know the Spanish flu. I, my uh, my old aunts remembered living. They they were yeah teenagers during that time. And, yeah, it was and, yeah. It, it was estimated one one to four million. And I know it was it's a big bunch spread on there. Six hundred seventy five thousand deaths in the United yeah. States. Yeah. 
That's Wor worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide, though, it was four. Was it four million? Or close no, to 4 million? 1918, 50 million. million. No, 50 million. More okay. people that died in yes. World War II. No. Yeah. Both now, here, here's something else, though. You know, once again, John, we're in the middle of something. You, we're all comparing statistics to something that you cannot compare statistics to. That's exactly to. right. That's exactly right. you got to think, we live in a different age now than in 1918 or whatever the case may be. We are the most connected, the most traveled we have ever been. Exactly. We can go anywhere at a moment's notice. We can get a plane ticket, go all the way across the world if we want to. Right. Okay. We are more likely to spread things around now oh, than oh, we ever were. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, do you guys remember H eight seven N nine, or we like to call bird flu mm -hmm. on there? Six hundred sixteen deaths here in the United States on there. Did we shut down anything uh, at that time? But we are, but but at the same rate. Are, 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 do we not like that? That's we within are now our life. Smarter time. now than what we were then in a lot of ways. Okay, all right, John. Let's let's put it on scale. If okay. you want to have this discussion, I'm just saying. Let's, wait, 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 hang on. All, all I'm saying is we we we've overreacted. No, no. We've how we overreacted? And we've we made look, this pol politically. John, this is what this thing is. If it's, we just look, if we look at how is China, political? Wuhan. Let's look at Wuhan. All right, let's look at Iran. Yep. Okay, let's look at right now, Italy. Yep. Now, you France, look at the up. explosion of the numbers here. This is something that the United States is not, we're just now at the very beginning of this in the United States. What, 30, 45 days ago, uh, we were just hearing about it somewhere else. The, 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 the explosive growth, this is the reason why that they're trying to curtail. And the reason for our discussion today is that overblown that we're not having a corporate church service. First of all, the majority of the people that I, that I go to church with at the service are that I attend are, are 70 and above. Fall within that parameter. I love those people. I, 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 I and I don't want you. to see them feel obligated to walk through that door I would agree and take a you. chance. So I believe, I uh, totally, um, I'm the odd man out at the table. I believe the bishop made the right call on this thing. No, I, you're not. No. Because I didn't get a chance to put my okay. spin on my numbers. The, but I'm with you. Okay. I think the bishop I think, absolutely did the right thing. I, I, I think you do need to protect your, your, your elderly since that's the, that's the, the uh, majority of our congregation on there. Or, or at least half of the congregation falls within those in parameters. But I think as the bishop could have instituted a, another, uh, uh, another option other than closing the doors to, uh, to bring service to, uh, to its constituents. On there, you could have you could have podcasted it. You could have uh, you could have done a uh, uh, a FaceTime. You could have. They've done... never said that you can't do that. All There's right. a lot of churches that are like a pull, service. Pull up, pull up any, any Methodist church around here and see if uh, they're doing a live feed right now. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I I uh, I haven't done a I haven't done a uh, a survey of the local uh, church markets, uh, so I I don't I, know, but. The the point being is let let's let's turn this to the church. Okay, let's look at it from the church's perspective. Should the church's response be the same to this pandemic as it is to the panic that goes we, with we, it? We need to protect our constituents, yes. Okay. In in any way. You know, and that's not just during the doors the during the doors of operation. Right. On there. We have other other obligations that we need to do. But the question asked before was, is this a pandemic? No, 
It's a panic. But it's it is a pandemic. pandemic. It's a pandemic. It is and it's a panic. It is technically a pandemic, and I agree it's a panic. Now, here's where I look at the church's responsibility. I mean, we always, as good Wesleyans, we always use John Wesley's phrase, do no harm. And we do no harm, like Jody said, protecting our octogenarians mm-hmm. and our, our elder folks and our, our fellowship by doing that. And that's a definite good thing. And it's a right thing. Again, this is the first time in my life that I've had wide, I've been involved in a widespread church closure. But we also have to look at what is the panic doing? And I think the panic, to your point, John, is the media that is blowing this oh, thing way out of proportion. Enough. And what we're doing is we're harming a lot of businesses, you know, restaurants, uh, the servers and the people that work there. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that are in, involved in aircraft manufacturing and the airline businesses. They're taking it in the shorts right now. And so this whole blowing this thing out of proportion is is jacking with people's <laughs> livelihoods. Absolutely. And that's where yeah. I'm... I want this panic to stop. We can do smart you know, things, but don't sit there and cry and yell fire in a crowd. You, you, you know, the funny part is, is people are afraid to go to church. The, the 200, uh, 200 uh, soul uh, uh, participants that uh, attend the church, 200,000, whatever the number is on there, they're, they're afraid to gather those people together, but everybody's rushing to a Walmart and, and spending 30, 32,000 people uh, go through the front doors to buy toilet paper, sanitizers, uh, canned food, whatever, but they're, they're not afraid to get in that group on there. Well, you know, you're assuming there, too. A lot of people have it there shipped is no to their assuming. house. No, a there lot is of people no have assuming. it shipped those, to their those, house. Those shelves are empty for a reason. Let me tell you, I, I, somebody sent me a picture <laughs> waiting, people waiting to come back in the United States. You know, they they had the travel ban from Europe. So a lot of the Americans that were on business or holidays or whatever, they're coming back. They sent me a picture of, of JFK coming in, clearing customs, they were going up the stairs back. There were probably 1,500 people shoulder to shoulder coughing, sneezing, and gagging on each other while they're waiting to get checked to get the dot on their forehead. Guaranteed. Right. Spread. And I'm guaranteed that whole, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Yep. So I think the panic may induce even more of this. Well, and I, and, and, I would agree with that too. Right? And to John's point, you know, uh, you can, you can see we have some passion here. That the four of us met for breakfast this morning in a half crowded restaurant. To be named later. Yeah. But but the point being is, and I you know, and I won't lie, I will probably uh take my wife and go somewhere later today. If if the the wisdom is that we should avoid crowds and you know, we are living life as usual. Uh, getting out, doing our shopping, what have you, doing our eating, then aren't we just defeating the goal to start with? Yes, yes, yes. And we'll be back. Innovative tooling services. Hole preparation, fastener installation, and removal hand and power tooling for any aerospace structural assembly or maintenance application. Whatever NAS, MS, or OEM hardware you're installing, they have hand or power tool solutions for most any application. Before the installation of the fastener, they have hand and power feed drilling, hole prep and countersinking tool solutions, super precision temporary fastening systems to include temporary fasteners for robotic drilling and assembly. They service and repair all they sell and some others they don't. 
innovative tooling services, fastening systems, installation knowledge, and application experience. That's why they're on the leading edge of aerospace tooling. Contact them at 1-800-832-7009 or look them up on the web at innovativetooling.com. Okay, we're back. So guys, let me ask you a question. How has the church historically responded to pandemics and uh, maybe the, 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 and typically when you have a pandemic, panic ensues. So how did, uh, how did the church uh, do this in the past? You know, uh, uh, Jody was looking at, he has some uh, uh, newspaper columns and headlines from the, the, uh, the Spanish flu epidemic about a century ago in 1918. So Jody, why don't you read us a couple of those? Sure, Greg. Uh, the, the listeners can't see this, but I'm looking at a newspaper article, uh, actually front page from Maryville, Kentucky in the fall of 1918. And in bold print there, it says, schools, churches, and theaters ordered closed. Uh, in Cincinnati, who ordered Ohio, them? Who ordered them closed? That was by the local... That at that time, like your mayors and your powers, oh, that so be the city council, local, exactly, right. okay. exactly. I right. mean, it wasn't a, not a presidential declaration. So it was a practice of federalism. Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. But uh, something good. printed October the sixth, nineteen eighteen, in Cincinnati, Ohio, defying the health board order prohibiting all public gatherings. Father William Scroll held morning mass at as scheduled at St. Joseph German Catholic Church. When a police lieutenant arrived on the scene, the priest declared, I'm not interested in this order. But the police kept any further services from proceeding, as reported in the Cincinnati Inquirer. So that's the uh, state intruding on uh, the church, huh? Yeah. Uh, And I found this interesting. This was uh, October the 18th in the... uh, I'm going to let you pronounce that for me, Greg. That's Worcester. Worcester, Worcester. Worcester Massachusetts. Yes. You, you park your car in Worcester. Worcester. The Daily Telegram shares examples of how Christians were responding to influenza even as public worship ceased. Women from the three local churches were taking care of epidemic orphans, giving them not only food and clothing, but supplying them with plenty of helpful recreation and a little systematic instruction, too. And the Catholic Women's Club brought clothing and food to inf- Influenza patients, yes, including 28 (laughs) jars of applesauce, 28 jars of lamb stew, and 35 squares of Johnny Cakes. So the church was still ministering outside the corporate body. Even though they weren't ministering inside the building. Exactly. So so, so I'm going to ask you a question, uh, Greg and Jody and Ryan. If, If we chose to have church on the outside of the building... And uh, I believe the uh, the the footage required not to be considered a, a close knit is what uh, is it five to eight feet? Something I like think that? six feet. Six, 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 six feet. Okay, so we we, we typically your wingspan. Yeah. Okay, so we we each parishioner is six feet apart from the next parishioner. Would we be uh, in violation of any uh, ba- uh, bishop uh, request for closing, even though we are doing God's work? No, I don't think so, because the whole idea here is uh, large numbers assembling together. Well, here's where I come down, John. I've, I'm, a, I'm a church authority guy. You know, Christ, as when he established the church, as we read in the New Testament, mm-hmm. he, you know, Paul appointed bishops and Paul appointed elders in different communities. And this is why, and again, not to, not to talk about church government, but this is why the, the Methodist church is, is an Episcopal-style government, because right, it right. is 
from its viewpoint, the, the truest church government that was started from the beginning. And if you're going to give bishops authority to make decisions for the overall good of the church, we have to respect and we have to obey as long as it doesn't. Now, if you have a bad bishop telling us to do something that's crossways against church doctrine, mm -hmm. we have a case. But if, we, again, do no harm, if we want to do no harm to the older set of our congregation, right. we probably need to, to do, uh, uh, do that. Uh, one of the things that I was looking at in the past, uh, you know, you go back and look at pandemics and not just the one 100 years ago, although I like that because that's when records were really kept, you know, meticulously. Right. If you go back to the Black Plague and you go back to other, because the Black Plague just didn't happen in the 14th century, it happened in the 15th century again and the 16th century and yeah. the 17th. It came back, but not as bad because people had gotten a, a, uh, a resistance to that. Uh, but the church, it uh, basically did what you're talking about there, and that was one of the first things that the Catholic Church, because that was the only church at the time prior to the Reformation, and the, the church basically suspended travel between villages. That was the time of the Holy Roman Empire where the church was not only over ecclesial matters, but it was also over political matters. Mm -hmm. It was the, the leader of the, it was the government and the religion at the same time. So they, they, uh, and, and they prosecuted people that left because they wanted everybody to stay in their own village. And then if there was a death, they had certain procedures to handle the corpse and stuff like that. And then the priest would call on and, and make sure people were okay and, and stuff like that. You also had a lot of pastoral and priestly disobedience. Right that caused problems. So this whole thing, it's just like human nature. You have the church is at its best in crisis and the church can be at its worst in crisis. It's just how we choose to do that because there were uh, all types of, of, of crazy things that happened. One of the one guys that I really liked was a Catholic priest. And this Catholic priest went and ministered to the leper colony in Hawaii. His name was Father Damien. This happened in the late 19th century. And although he wasn't familiar with microbiology at that time, he literally ate with them. He smoked their pipes. He was where everybody else was afraid to, to deal with the lepers. Uh, he ministered to them. They had no pastor. He built furniture for them. He helped them build shelters. Uh, that was on the village of the island of Molokai in Hawaii. And Father Damien is a great example. And he eventually succumbed to a leprosy and passed away. But that selfless giving, that Christ-like sacrifice at a time of crisis to people that, that didn't have any way, any help, uh, they were just out on an island isolated, he, he really did uh, a good thing. So I guess my point being is the church has to respond and respect the science of exactly. it. The, the flattening of the curve as well as also ministering to the people, and sometimes at the risk of martyrdom. Greg, uh, the same article that I read earlier, this was on the same page, and you know, and it's going to kind of drive your point just a little bit, but it's going to get into the uh, the economies of it. On the same page that state that states printed a sermon by a Methodist pastor for those who are detained from their houses of worship because of the epidemic of the flu. It reported on the financial consequences for closing churches unable to collect tithes and offering, 
this loss ranges from $20,000 to $25,000. Now, this is back in 1918. Mm -hmm. The most serious setback the churches have received is the delaying, if not absolutely destroying, the chance of securing the benevolent money for church to do for their work moving into that winter. So you alluded earlier to the to the financial consequences to right, uh, right. everything from restaurants to airline industries and stuff. Well, the church is taking a hit here too because the church is one of the most benevolent uh, Without a doubt. facilities out there worldwide okay yeah, yeah. the storehouses are going to get depleted over this right here so it's a serious it's a serious thing and nobody wants that to take place but it was a deal in 28 in uh, 1918 and it's going to be a problem in 2020 that's correct mm -hmm. one other thing too you mentioned the word resistance one one thing with this uh what we're dealing with right now, they're not, they, they do not see that there is going to be any in the short term uh, uh, human resistance to this strain that's going out. So, you know, one of the best preventative measures we can is if this thing is starting to take off and it's being widespread is to limit that the, the huge numbers of personal contact. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, having compassion, and Greg, I would tell you, you and I had talked by way of text on this, and I picked up my phone and I called a couple of the people in our church that are shut-ins. Do you need anything? Exactly. So that, uh, you know, especially some of our older folk, go. I don't want you to have to subject yourself to going to Walmart. I'll do it for you. Right. And everybody right. at this table will do that. Sure. And that's what the church is about. It's not the building. Each individual one of us. In saying that, in saying that, uh, Jody, how many news articles have you read here lately that uh, that uh, reach out and ask for that? Yeah, no, none. None. All I've all I've read is uh, uh, closings, 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 quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. Nothing about well helping the elderly. Yeah, helping no. the infants. Exactly. Helping, nothing at all. You know the uh, the evening news, uh, CBS, the opening line: America shut down. What kind of a message is that putting? You know, they're not doing anything to help the situation. But, no, uh, I like to panic. You know, when when we are comparing to 1918, I thought this was interesting. Uh, I read that it said in some cities, trucks and carts drove down the streets calling on people to bring out their dead, who were then <laughs> buried in mass graves. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Monty Python. I actually, actually just had that vision. Oh, Monty Python. Bring out your dead. But now, now, I'm not dead yet. Now, listen to this next line. And this is, what, this is what we as the church need to watch out for. Some victims, especially children, died of neglect and even starvation as no one would enter infected houses to care for them. During a pandemic, fear can be as much a problem as the disease itself. You, you know, and, and and that's something that's, that frightens me right now because we've got a, we absolutely have a a, a pandemic with uh, children going hungry in this country. Not not only in this country, all over. And sometimes the only food that those kids get are at school. If we You're shut right. the schools down, those kids aren't going to have anything. Absolutely, but that that is a perfect opportunity for the church to minister. I agree. Right. We can if we're closed. Uh, I agree. And that's a good stopping point. And we'll be back after this.
So since we started kind of talking about the, the church's response to this, Speaking of uh, response, are there any is are there any scriptures that respond uh, to this uh, that we can find in, in in the Word of God? Yes, please. Well, I mean, Proceed. one that comes out to me. Well, it's not. It's a kind of a series of verses here, but in Second Chronicles uh, chapter seven, when Solomon has been praying, Solomon uh, and the Lord appears with Solomon. It says, I've heard your prayers, and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts locust to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Amen. You know that that uh, that broaches a lot of side topics. Yes, it there. does. Mm-hmm. Um, does corporate or does communal disobedience bring down? Um, d- does does it does it cause pandemics? Pandemics. I mean, you, you, there, there's a whole lot of theological topics there. Now we live in a fallen world. Yes, we do. A world that's broken and corrupt in every way possible. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, I'm may call me old fashioned, but I believe you can either live under the umbrella protection of God. And that doesn't mean that death or misery or accidents going to strike you, but there are, you can either live in the blessing of God through following him, or you can live outside of that where it's, you're on your own partner. And say, uh, um, um, be in the world, not of the world. And disobedience as a nation has been chronicled. You know, disobedience as a people in a nation has been chronicled all throughout time as as being problematic. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, going to the downfall of that civilization or that, that people. So uh, without getting into the deep theology there, I, I think that's very good. I've got one here in Psalm 91. Verse one through three, very similar to that, Ryan, and and I think this is also this ties in with Lent, uh, because it does remind us that we are but dust. Dust we will return, and we think we are uh, technologically and nine foot tall and bulletproof because we're modern people. We don't, you know, have to suffer, you know, like the the the, the stone, you know, the the Stone Age people because they didn't know how to treat illnesses. They always thought it was you know, black magic or whatever, but uh, we are but dust. We are still the same human animal and we suffer the same thing. So uh, Psalm 91, one through three says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Now, does that mean that everybody that's a believer is gonna get a pass from dying with the pestilence? No. What it does mean that deliverance is not a here and now, although it is, deliverance is a definitely a then mm-hmm. and forever right. thing. So temporary healing on this side of glory, eternal healing on the yeah. other side. Amen. And our deliverance is, is from the hand of Ultimate. our Amen. enemy. Anybody else? Second Timothy 1, 7 says, For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, or some people say that God does not give us the spirit of fear, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, what is power? 
what do we hear all the time? Knowledge is, is power. power. Right. Knowledge is the ability to know how to combat this virus, correct? Good point. Okay. Amen. And then uh, self-discipline is just not running out there and getting into the fray of things that you probably aren't called to do. That's sort of like a firefighter running in a building without having his protective clothing on. So see, when we apply knowledge to the situation and we, we, we apply the self-discipline, maybe, not assembling ourselves in a big group for a week or two. It's wisdom, guys. That's a good point. That's it. That's a good point. It kind of reminds me of that old uh, that old story about the, uh, uh, the the Christian that was in the, in the house where uh, uh, rain was coming, and uh, next next uh, next yeah. scene he was in the second floor, exactly. and then he was on uh, the roof, and you know he, he thought he was uh, not going to get it because he was a Christian, he was not going to die. You know, and, and and God gave him the gave him those opportunities, and he he went blindly to mm -hmm. it. Yep. You know, in, in Exodus nine fourteen, it says, "For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart, and upon thy servant, and upon thy people, that thou may knowest that there is none like me in all the earth." John rocking the King James. I'm yeah, telling I'm you, I'm thou thou wow. shalt not. We need might need a hey man on hey that man. one. There you go. <laughs> so, any final thoughts as we wrap up this rather long podcast? You know, I'm gonna throw one more verse out there. Oh, okay. Just because I feel it necessary right now. But <laughs> Philippians four. He's feeling the spirit, chapter six. Folks. Do not be anxious about anything, Amen. but in every situation by prayer and petition oh, agree, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Give God a high five. On Absolutely, that's and, and and do that's so good work for with today, the right? wisdom, like Jody said. I mean, we we guys. Yes, it's bad. Yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, there is panic. Right. But no, look at your sources. Look at the, make sure you're looking at proper sources. Don't just be watching the news and keep getting wrapped up in the panic. I mean, there are. Oh, I agree you with know, that too. Just be smart. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Wisdom first so, comes absolutely. from online. Uh, Amen. True. Just wash your hands a lot. That's Excellent it. final thoughts there. You know, <laughs> it's just, for those that's listening to this podcast, hopefully uh, by the time you get around to listen to this, this is uh, old news. Uh, in the event that this thing uh, is extended and you find yourself listening to this because maybe you can't get out and do something, if you need help, reach out. Absolutely. Reach out. The Church of Jesus Christ was... Yeah created for such a time as this. Amen. As we end this podcast, you can find this episode and other Across the Rail podcast episodes on popular platforms like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes, please take time to give us a five-star rating. If you have questions on this or any other episode, please send your comments, cheers, or jeers to comments at acrosstherail.com or look up Across the Rail podcast on the Twitters by our handle at across underscore rail and on Facebook at Across the Rail Podcast. Please give us a like there and leave us any feedback or questions. Thank you so much for listening today. And who wants to lead our closing prayer Well, today? Be, uh, before we do that, I, I just want to say one thing on there. It's just, uh, I'm going to leave you guys with a question on there. You know, I've, I've, I've been uh, uh, questioned a lot on there. I just want to ask you guys, who is the church? Where are the church? church? That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, this time. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, uh, Christ have mercy. Uh, you know, we are a people that uh, we don't know which way to go, and we're just like sheep, you talk about us. And, and, and at times like this, 
uh, we, it, it, it is so much more evident. Father, I pray that you'd give uh, our leaders of our nation, our leaders of our state, the leaders of our church, wisdom that only comes from above. And I pray, Father, that we would be obedient to your word, that we would be obedient to your spirits nudging us to do things for people that need help. And Father, allow the church to be the church that we may lift you up and glorify you for you are worthy. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I thank